Amen. Fear will never conquer me because I belong to Jesus. Let that word of faith sink in for a moment. Fear has no hold over your life because you belong to Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness. After so many days of lockdown, God, here we are again, able to gather. And Lord, we are expectant for you to move like never before. Because we know you are our good shepherd. And even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear because you are with us, God. Lord, let your word speak to us this morning. Give us hearts that are inclined to, your, to you to listen and receive from you today. Give us ears to hear, a heart to believe you, God. Lord, I just ask, even in this moment, for those of us who are longing to feel that embrace of your presence again. Lord, by your grace, would you comfort them in ways only you can. That even though they may be waiting on you, maybe there is an unanswered prayer that they are simply trusting you for, God. You would comfort them, reminding them you are with them and you are for them. You're for us, God. We thank you again. In Jesus' mighty name, as a church we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. You can tell just by how I'm unable to contain my excitement that it has been a refreshing time of worship here at the church as we can gather in a group of 20 in a full team and, and really worship the Lord together and serve together again. I just want to shout out to all of you who are tuning in from home in perhaps a watch party now that we can do that. If you are at somebody's home um, and you are on the YouTube chat, why don't you sh give us a shout out. Let us know what, what watch parties are happening right now. And I encourage, if we are still not able to open at a bigger capacity next week, I encourage you to set up a watch party if you're comfortable or to join one next week. Uh, there is so much power, as Jesse said, in being able to gather and fellowship once again in person. Zoom, just 
doesn't substitute for what happens when we finally get to meet in person. So I just want to encourage that and a shout out to you all again who are tuning in from a watch party at home. Today we are continuing our study of the book of John. <laughs> we are in late October now. So a couple of more months to go, and I hope that you have been blessed uh, by the study as much as I have. I have learned so much and so grateful uh, for what God has revealed through his word to us all. Today, we are in chapter 11, and I actually have a title for my sermon this time. I'm going to call this sermon, Love shown through unexpected ways. God's love is sometimes expressed and shown to us through unexpected ways. And we are going to explore that today in our text. So the reading is John chapter 11, verses 1 to 16. If you don't have a Bible with you, uh, you can read along with me. What I might do is just do a bit of a reshuffle. Bear with me for a moment. And hopefully that makes it easier for you to read from the screen. Okay, so John chapter 11 verses 1 to 16 reads this. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary the, and her sister Martha. I'll go read from here. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was so was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, "Lord, he whom you love is ill." But when Jesus heard it, he said, "This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you are going there again. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that what he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. 
So Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. And this is where we're going to leave it off today. And next week we're going to explore the rest of this story. At the end of last year, Edwin received a text from a client out of nowhere offering uh, an apartment that had become available uh, in a new building project that they had been working on together. Now, in the beginning of 2020, Edwin and I had started praying, and we were praying specific prayers uh, that God would give us a home that would be sufficient for our growing family. But then the pandemic happened. And so our plans to find a new home suddenly went down on our priority list. But when this opportunity came, came up at the end of the year, we suddenly felt this urgency to start looking again. Now, this particular apartment, it actually seemed like a good opportunity for many reasons. Uh, but the truth is, when we inspected the place, it wasn't really what we had asked the Lord for. We got specific this time, and it met some of our needs, but not, not, not really everything that we had prayed about. But still, we thought, oh, it's the end of the year, and we need to really find a place. We assumed that maybe this is the place that the Lord wants us to be in. And so we put an offer in on this apartment, and we waited. Two weeks later, we found out that the seller had gone with a lower offer, which barely ever happens. And it was strange. Honestly, we were disappointed because we had talked ourselves into actually liking this apartment. We had convinced ourselves that this was a pretty rare opportunity, even though we, we knew that not necessarily all good opportunities come from the Lord. And, but we, we had really convinced ourselves that maybe this was it. <laughs> and it was not until we surrendered our disappointment before God that we really came to understand that this was simply not the place he had prepared for us. Now, fast forward six and a half months later, we finally settled on the apartment that we now live in. And Edwin and I, we are beyond grateful for God's provision. This place is honestly better than what we prayed for and even imagined. But... I honestly cannot forget the months of frustration uh, during which it seemed that nothing was happening. It's as if nothing could move forward. There were a number of factors that contributed to the delay uh, in this process that we went through. And it seemed as though God was taking his time in answering our prayers. When I reflected on this time of waiting during our church-wide fast recently, I had come to realize that God's delay on this matter in our lives was so wise and it was so gracious for many reasons. And 
I admit reasons which only make sense in hindsight when we look back at the situation. And now I can truly say that that delay happened in our lives because the Lord love, loves us. You see, when Jesus got the message from Mary and Martha that Lazarus was sick, his response to their cry for help was not what they expected. In verse 6, it says, so when he heard Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer at the place where he was. So it wasn't only, so it's only after two days that Jesus then goes back to Bethany, arriving there, in fact, four full days after Lazarus's burial. But the way John describes the story is in such a way that we are to understand that Jesus' delay was actually connected with his love for his friends. You see, in verse 5, we read, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved them. Now, Bethany was situated a few kilometers east of Jerusalem. And the word Bethany literally means the house of the poor. There is some evidence to suggest that this was a place where the poor and the needy and the sick people would be cared for. And from other passages in the Bible, we learn that Jesus had already come to Bethany before. And in fact, he enjoyed the hospitality and the fellowship that Martha and Mary and Lazarus offered to him. Martha loved to cook meals for Jesus. And Mary loved to sit at his feet and just listen to him. And in the next chapter, John writes that Mary anoints Jesus' feet with expensive perfume and wipes them with her hair. This was a family who loved Jesus and whom Jesus loved. If we had received an urgent call for help from someone we dearly love, no doubt we would immediately go to them if we could and do whatever we can to help. But Jesus in this story, he doesn't do that. He doesn't even send a message back to the sisters. And this response flowed out of his love for them. The delay was because of his love. It's also important to note that Lazarus became sick in spite of the fact that Jesus loved him and could heal him. When we are facing a difficult situation that involves sickness and often death, we may ask, if Jesus really loves us, then how can he let this happen? But this story shows us that sickness and death is not a sign that God doesn't love us or he's angry with us. Jesus loved his dear friend Lazarus, and yet he became very sick. In Jesus' response to this terrible situation, 
was not what we would have expected. What a powerful reminder that God does not always act in the way we think he should act. No doubt that Mary and Martha expected that Jesus, Lazarus would either get better when Jesus gets the message or that Jesus would come to their aid immediately. But neither of these things happened. Jesus instead stayed there for a couple of days longer and the sisters watched their beloved brother pass away. It's a strange thought that God sometimes, God's love sometimes means delayed answers to requests that may even be urgent. As God's children, we may find sometimes that God loves us in ways that we would never expect. God loves us perhaps there will be times when you go to God for help in a desperate need but he seems to be silent well from this scripture we learn that God's silence is not to be interpreted as his absence God's ways are not our ways from this story we also learn that God's delays are delays of love. Jesus stayed where he was a little longer because he loved them. Now this may be hard to understand. And it was hard for me to understand as I was going through it. If I was to be completely honest with you. Because God's delays very rarely feel loving. Don't they? Understandably, we want answers to our prayers on a human time scale. You live in a culture, in a now culture, where we want things to be instant and now. Like Wi-Fi, if Wi-Fi isn't working, why can't we get what we want through the internet now? <laughs> we live in a culture where good service means less wait time. Like, let's be honest, don't you feel somewhat let down sometimes when you're driving through Maccas and for some reason they ask you to wait to the side for something? Like, don't you feel like a little bit let down sometimes with their service? Nowadays, we have Amazon Prime. We have the ability to skip ads because we don't want to wait You see, waiting on God, it can be hard. Also, because it's not easy to look at things from God's perspective. Unlike us, God can see the end from the beginning. And in and 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, it actually says that to God, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. <laughs> so his concept of time is completely different to ours. In our own journey of finding a new home, I had initially set my own timeline. I wanted to find a new I wanted to find a new place before Levi started school. I thought that was what was best for us and for my kids. So that at least he wouldn't need to go through the process of moving schools. 
And this made all the closed doors that we faced along the way so much more harder to accept. But now, when I look back on that story, I can say that I'm grateful that God didn't give me what I wanted at the time. God's timing is not our timing. C.S. Lewis describes this truth beautifully in his book. He says, please, he says, please, Aslan, says Lucy, what do you call soon? And this was Lucy expressing her desire for Aslan to return sooner rather than later. And Aslan says, I call all times soon. Now, what was Jesus doing in that time of waiting? I love what Professor Tom Wright says in his commentary, John for Everyone. He puts forward that Jesus was actually praying. Jesus was wrestling with the Father's will. We read later on in, chapter, in verse 41, we read that when Jesus, when it was time for Jesus to call Lazarus out of the grave, he thanks the Father that he has heard his prayer. In verse 41 it says, so they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Tom Wright, he comments that Jesus was referring to the prayers he had prayed during those two days. So during the two days where Jesus seemed unresponsive to the cry of, for help from the sisters, Jesus was praying for Lazarus. Not only that, Jesus was also praying for the wisdom and the guidance regarding his own plans and movements. Because as we all know, Jesus was on a mission. We see glimpses of this in verse 8. The disciples had warned Jesus not to go to Bethany because the Judeans wanted to stone him. And given how close Bethany was to Jerusalem, going there would mean that Jesus would be within reach of his enemies. So this story clearly is not just about what happens to Lazarus and his sisters. It's also a story about Jesus. Jesus knew that what he was about to do for Lazarus would be the most powerful sign that pointed to him as the resurrection and the life. He also knew that the miracle would then trigger off a series of events that would eventually lead to his death on the cross. And so let me read to you an excerpt from this commentary by Tom Wright. He says, the time of waiting, therefore, was vital. As so often, Jesus needed to be in prayer, exploring the Father's will in that intimacy and union of which he often spoke. Only then would he act, not in the way that Mary and Martha had wanted him to do, but in a manner beyond their wildest dreams. You know, in our grief that we sometimes experience, it is difficult to see clearly through eyes 
filled with tears how God's can delay can be a, a part of an overall plan that is better than ours. It's hard. But we can be sure that God does not play games with us. Even though we cannot see how the situation will end or why we have to go through it, we are not to interpret God's delays as a lack of care. Instead, they are evidence of His love. In this life, we may not always understand the purpose of God's delays. And God does not always tell us the reason for them. But we can turn to this story and see that Jesus' delay allowed Lazarus and everyone there to be completely confident of the resurrection of the dead when it happened. What seemed to be a hopeless situation turned out to be the way in which Jesus was going to give his friends and you and I today unshakable hope. In verse 11, Jesus tells his disciples that Lazarus is only asleep, that he is going to wake him up. And he uses the phrase asleep to mean physical death, but with the hope of eternal life. But the disciples thought he was just talking about ordinary sleep. They didn't quite understand what he is saying. The Bible says that when a believer dies, they will go to be with the Lord. But their story doesn't end there. There will come a day when their bodies will be resurrected too. And as believers, we can be confident that this will happen. Not only because of what Jesus did to Lazarus, but because of what he did through his death and resurrection. Jesus has defeated death for us. So this means not even death can separate believers from the love of Christ. With death comes resurrection. Jesus also tells his disciples in verse 9 and 10 that people who walk in the daytime will not stumble, but people who walk in the darkness do. Now what does he mean by that? At this point in time, Jesus had already revealed himself as the light of the world. So he seems to have meant that the only way to know where you are going is to follow him. That's the only way to know where you are going. If you try to steer your own course and depend on your own understanding, you're going to trip up. Because you'll be in the dark. You're not the light of the world. But if you stick close to God, and continue to see that situation you are in from his point of view, then even when you don't know where you are going, even if it means days or even years of confusion, of wondering why nothing seems to happen, you'll end up at the right place. You'll end up at the place God wants you to be. Proverbs 3 verse 4 to 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths 
It's too easy and convenient to trust human inclinations, especially when we are forced to wait. We tend to prefer earthly methods. We tend to make decisions based on human understanding. And I definitely did that in my time of waiting. And I made many mistakes. But the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. So long as you are following Jesus, you will be walking in the light. This passage ends with Thomas, one of the disciples, saying to the others, Come, let us go, that we may die with him. Thomas didn't know what was going to happen. But we can see his courage in this statement. Thomas was saying, you know what? No matter what lies ahead, even though it's going to be dangerous, it was better to be with Jesus. It is better to be with Jesus. There is a great deal that we will not understand in this life. But if we go with Jesus, even if it means following him into the lion's den, it will be better than following our own plans and ambitions. Even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil because you have a good shepherd who walks before you. He is the light of the world. In your own life, are you being forced to wait for something to happen? If you belong to Jesus, know that the delays you are experiencing flow out of his love for you. Will you choose to interpret your circumstances in light of Christ's love? Will you keep choosing to trust him however long the wait may be? Because God is working in the waiting. His hiddenness is not to be interpreted as his abandonment. He is not indifferent to your requests. Perhaps there is someone that you know who needs to be reminded of Christ's love for them. Is there someone you can encourage today with this truth? The final thing is when Mary and Martha were troubled, they brought the matter to Jesus. In other words, they prayed. They sought refuge in God. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, he said, God knows what you need before you ask him. And yet, he wants us to ask him anyway. Are you bringing your desires, your needs before the Lord? Are you seeking refuge in him in this time of waiting, as hard as it may be?
You see, one thing that we see in Scripture that the Lord will not delay in giving is His peace. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, continue to remind us of your truth. Strengthen our faith, especially those of us who are feeling our prayers are not being answered. Give us the faith to interpret this circumstance as a, a demonstration of your love for us. Give us the faith to see that when you delay, it is for a purpose because you love us. We thank you for your word today, and we ask that you would continue to speak to us through it this week. In Jesus' name, we pray.